mom said, "We do you need a catchphrase?" Yeah, she doesn't know anything about podcast, but she felt the need to chime in with, "Oh, you have you podcast?" I was like, "Yeah, let me play some for you." She got like a minute and a half in. She's like, "You need a catchphrase," <laughs> and I don't think she's ever finished it. Now I got to think what the catchphrase would be. I was going to say, thinking back through the recordings that we've had. I hate this movie. Yeah, what would your catchphrase be? John, you're pronouncing it wrong. I'm trying to think of the things that Nick says uh, frequently. Yeah, I, I never say the same thing twice. Oh. That's the catchphrase. <laughs> Everything's a catchphrase. <laughs> Everything I say is a catchphrase. There's going to be one user that's going to be like, you know what? Bullshit. I bet you he has repeated himself. And it's going to go back and thoroughly listen to everything and then realize, why am I listening to this podcast? And if you're listening and you think I already have a catchphrase, please let us know. Send us an email. At emails. At John's. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm that was perfect. That oh, no. we, we could have closed it out. That's definitely going to have to just be the opening. <laughs> Cue the music. All right. Welcome to John's Mostly Movie Podcast. I'm John. Joining me today, I have Nick Edwards. Hello. And putting it all together behind the glass, the virtual glass, producer James. Hello. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Depending on when you're listening to this, happy Hanukkah. Uh, Could be the fourth night, could be the fifth night, and not too sure. But if you celebrate Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. Um, Depending on when you listen to this, it could be Hanukkah next year. This is true. Yeah, I I don't know the rules of Hanukkah. Like, you might be gearing up for Hawkeye season two, which we don't know if is an actual thing. Rewatching it while also listening to your favorite podcasts, and so we appreciate that. From 2021, John's mostly movie podcasts to 2022. Thank you. I. Uh... I'm all for consuming multiple like streams of media at the same time, but I think even for me, listening to a podcast talking about a television show while watching that show would would bake my noodle. I don't think I would even be able to parse that. Yeah, I would probably recommend the servings of the media be separate. Don't mix them together. It's not a leftover sandwich. Oh, okay, okay. Bake my noodle, by the way, is a pretty good catchphrase. I yeah, that's a right. Oh, I thank the Wachowskis for that. <laughs> How was y'all's Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was good. I had a a nice friendsgiving uh, with some friends that are in the neighborhood uh, who have a backyard and have a like fire pit. Oh, that's the best. So uh, we did it potluck style. Everybody brought a couple dishes and we made far more food than the six of us could eat. Uh, but it had two dogs underfoot running around uh, playing or one of them trying to play with a cat and uh, a lot of pie. And it was a very nice uh, lot of pie. opportunity to, to have a very decadent meal with good friends. 
Amazing. Sounds extremely pleasant. It was. Is it cold? Or was it cold on Thanksgiving where you guys are? Uh, yeah, it was like, I want to say 40-ish. So once once it got dark, uh, we went inside. But We went out to Long Island to Becky's family because we stayed in the city last year. Um, and I got a chance to burn my first turkey. Nice. And Like at a rap battle? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I won. I, I <laughs> fulfilled my dream of recreating the last scene in 8 Mile where I win the rap battle and immediately just go back to work. Um, <laughs> it was great. No, but we went out to Long Island. Um, funny enough, Becky went out on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday evening. I stayed in because... I was waiting for a delivery from UPS. I ordered a jersey, uh, my first NBA jersey from the San Antonio Spurs. It was their Fiesta City edition. And I woke up like super early uh, when they dropped, I think like two weeks beforehand to order it. And I got one before they sold out. And of course it's getting delivered. And it says anywhere from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. So it's like great. And normally I wouldn't care, but so much shady shit has been happening in my hallway of my building, like people going, I don't know what's going on, but 100% packages could get stolen. So I'm like, no, I, I spent way too much for this just to get stolen. And it's not like if it got stolen, it would be replaced. They would just refund me. And I'm like, no, I want, I want this. Uh, it came right when it needed to because Becky's dad was coming back into the city to pick up uh, Becky's sister. So I was able to hitch a ride. Went out there, had some turkey. They just installed a backyard for tofu. They didn't really have a fence. It was just more of a, you know, half half had a fence, half didn't. So they redid everything, and tofu had a blast. And we just ate some food, a lot of it. It was actually it takes me to my uh, Nick. It takes you to me. Yeah. <laughs> I got one more question. Uh, for you, Nick and James, Oof. but uh, I know this might, s I already know sort of Nick's answer to this, and so I'm wondering how it goes with James. Um, to the best of my knowledge, there's um, three different type of people after Thanksgiving in regards to Christmas music. Uh, some don't touch it yet because it's not December 1st. Uh, some go balls to the wall because Thanksgiving has happened. And others, and the Christmas music isn't for them, so they could give a fuck. Uh, number four is uh, you play Christmas music as soon as Halloween is done. <laughs> That's true. That's a new one that like used to be like like the independent party when it came to elections. Like it would get like two percent of the, and has since grown. Um, but Nick, I know, falls into the category of December first. Good. And when I was with Nick, December first. But then I moved to New York and my discipline became weakened. And all around me was jingles and jangles. And I succumbed. I became an after Thanksgiving person. Nick, I'm, I'm so sorry. But it brings me to this. I have two questions for you. G Nick, are you still a December 1st person? James, what are you in the four choices? I've also succumbed. Uh, <gasps> it, it's now acceptable after Thanksgiving. I'm okay, not, not, this is this is progress. 
I'm not actively looking for it. No, no. Mostly because I, I burned myself out in Halloween music real quick. I, 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 Halloween, I'm like. Just Monster Mash on loop. I'm like, all right, October 1st, my birthday, September 17th, let's do all Halloween music. And then by like yeah. four days in, it went nonstop. I'm like, man, I really got to learn some more Halloween music. I know. I go, I'm like, it's Halloween time. Werewolves of London. Let's go. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm worried it's, I'm going to burn myself out in Christmas already. So it's like, oh, day one. Okay. You listen to it. It's going to look like Christmas and that's it. No more one discipline. What song a day? <laughs> <laughs> Can you go back to the, the song you had the previous day? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One song a day. You need a... A Christmas song advent calendar. <laughs> this is ex oh my god, this is brilliant. Business idea. <laughs> Coming soon That's to the Spotify playlist world. John's mostly movie advent calendar. <laughs> With Christmas music and not movies at all. Well, we could have a, a, a movie listed in each one. There we go. See, we'll, we'll, we'll send it to our marketing team that we clearly have, and we'll let them mull it over. Yeah, every movie is Die Hard, though. Gonna have to break out a spreadsheet and do some work on this. <laughs> uh, James, what about you? Uh, so, I, when I was younger, was of the mind of just, I, I am, am off-put by the often saccharine nature of Christmas music. And so for a long time, actively disliked hearing it out in the world and like mm. wouldn't go seek it out. Yesterday, I went into a hardware store and there was a whole aisle of Christmas decorations and Christmas music playing. And I was in there for like 10 minutes while I got some keys copied. And I feel like maybe age has softened me. And perhaps now uh, nostalgia for Christmas's past has has made me uh, kind of all right with Christmas music out in the world. I'm not. I didn't bristle at it. I, I found myself sort of bopping along, uh, enjoying the tune. This makes me so. Happy. I, I guess I'm also in this. Yeah, sure. Play Christmas music. Sure. Uh, it's after Thanksgiving. I'm not offended. <laughs> exactly. We've all been attacked with the spirit of Mariah Carey. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I did not. All expect she this. wants for Christmas is you. <laughs> well, on the subject of Christmas music, I had a bet of because of the trailer, knowing that what we're about to talk uh, talk about Hawkeye on Disney Plus. Hawkeye. Um <laughs> I was like, what's going to be the first Christmas song that we hear? I was taking bets, but we like paused it right before, and we were like, "Is it opening with a Christmas song, or is it just gonna go into something else?" And before we go into that, if you don't know the answer to that, probably means you haven't seen the episode. This is your spoiler warning. We're about to talk about Hawkeye episode one and two, both that were released on the same day, day before Thanksgiving. Smart for Disney to get that going, so that way that's the topic of conversation on Turkey Day. Um, but if you haven't watched, this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler alert. We're pausing it right here for you to go watch it. Welcome back. You watched it. Amazing. 
We're going to go into it now. Um, I Outside of the movies, I didn't know too much about Hawkeye, but I know you two consume comics. Did you know anything going into this? like, Or in the sense of how, how much is your knowledge of Hawkeye outside of the movies? Aside from reading Marvel comics writ large for most of my life, uh, specifically remember reading the run of comics that this is a loose adaptation of uh, back in 2013. Uh, and in the last couple days have read through the first couple issues again to kind of refresh myself on, on the source material and remember how different that story is from the one that's on the TV show. Uh, but still, very good. I recommend looking it up uh, at some point. It's called uh, Hawkeye, My Life as a Weapon. Uh, about what Hawkeye does when he's not with the Avengers. And it's mostly him hanging out in his apartment building and getting into fights with the tracksuit mafia. Why do I feel like that's an MTV TV show in the MCU universe? Matt Fraction, right? Uh, yes, Matt Fraction and David Aja, or Aha. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, and when I was trying to find it at the library, and they only had volume two. So I skipped mm. ahead. And so a lot of this I'm thinking is origin for Kate Bishop that uh, they just sort of assume when I was reading. The, the first arc of the, uh, the, the first appearance of Kate Bishop in this run of the comics, uh, she's just hanging out in his living room, like drinking <laughs> a cup of coffee. Like they know each other. Don't worry about that. She's just another Hawkeye. And they're very... Uh, because they are an established relationship in the comic, they very casually will mention like, oh yeah, no, we're, we're both the best archer in the world. We're, we're both the, the peak of our game of archery. We recognize, like game recognize game, Hawkeye recognize <laughs> Hawkeye. We're both Hawkeye. And there's no like weirdness of, oh, you're, you're she Hawkeye or I'm old Hawkeye. Like they're just both Hawkeye and it's cool. Now I just imagine Kate Bishop and Hawkeye exchanging bows and just like like jerseys are exchanged in an NBA game and them just holding up the bows to the paparazzi like yep there we go game recognizes game uh, a bit that I loved in the the credit sequence in that first episode was as I'm watching an animated sequence of her growing up and gaining the skills to become her own superhero the, the like light turned on over my head. I'm like, oh, the title doesn't refer to Clint Barton. He's not that Hawkeye. This is her show. This is him coming on. He's the Obi or the, the Obi Wan Kenobi for Luke. He's the Luke for Ray. He's here to usher in the new Hawkeye and then probably disappear from the universe. He just wants to go build gingerbread houses with his kids. He's got a farm already. He's, farm. he's primed Family. for retirement. He's trying to go retire. He's just got this one last thing he's got to take care of. <laughs> uh, Nick, uh, how much do you know about Hawkeye? Um, I saw him come back from the dead. I saw him meet Kate Bishop, where she became Hawkeye with he was missing presumed dead he was like hey i'm back and i don't really want to be a hawkeye you're doing a good job just just go ahead and keep up with that and i want to be ronin now yeah i saw him as ronin and i saw him with echo and uh, i I've, I've seen a lot of growth of that character is that a character we might mention later in the pod maybe uh and the avengers and then 
right after the Secret Avengers. I, uh, whatever, like, Secret Invasion, right before Secret Invasion. It's, the scrolls right, came back. Right and before Secret Invasion was Dark Reign. Dark... Dark Avengers is good, too, but it's not specifically this. Oh, wait, no, 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 I'm sorry, I got that backwards. Uh, I'm sorry. For the yeah. listeners who don't know, I'm with you. We're, we're just listing off uh, Marvel comic events. Uh, Dark Reign came after the Secret Invasion because Norman Osborn killed the, the Head Scroll and then became the Head of S.H.I.E.L.D. and got his own yeah. Iron Man armor. <laughs> Comics are weird. Yeah, but that, that stuff is awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I saw him come back after he was saved by scrolls or whatever, and he came just running in. And, yeah. Uh, so I don't know anything, actually. <laughs> uh, now to think about it. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I know that Jeremy Renner is uh, giving his best, I'm told, for this shit. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm for Kate Bishop, even though she's one of the rich, my sworn enemies. All right, so we have episode one, Never Meet Your Heroes. Episode one opens in flashback, 2012. Um, 2012 New York in the MCU, there's only one reason you're going back there. And it's the attack on New York. So we're introduced to a young Kate Bishop, her rich parents, and a penthouse that I really fucking wish... Uh, I could live in. And uh, I immediately do not align with this character. I don't know any, you know, I can't really relate in that way outside of living in New York. I get that. Um, Eventually, when she has a hole through her apartment, I can kind of relate to that, living in New York, you know. Um, I get that. But anyway, we see the Avengers fighting. It sets up that Kate is very close with her dad, comparatively to her mom she does have good communication with her mom we see her mom you know being comfortable talking but the one that's closer is her dad they do set that up with her eavesdropping on her parents arguing and debating whether that they need to move or not um and unfortunately immediately her dad dies in the wreckage and it all but with the intro of oh we're told so we're told. I mean, we, that's, that's very true. Who knows? What did y'all think of the opening? Opening it up with a flashback and really Marvel trying to show that these past events do have consequences for others and have impacted others in a very different way. Good. I'm for it. I, I like when in a, a single entry in something... Marvel will take a couple minutes to fill in a bit of uh, empty space in a previous event. Whenever we see flashbacks to, to see, like uh, in Endgame, we ended up yeah. back at the uh, Avengers uh, big climactic battle invasion scene and saw it again from a different angle. Uh, it's, it's a cool thing. I like that. The 2012 Avenger movie going back and watch feels completely different to what the MCU is now. And like I said, like I do feel like we got that big shift with winter soldier on. Um, So it feels like those movies are tone wise, a lot brighter and they are really showing the more grounded, realistic impacts of that. Um, In in 2012, when the aliens attack, were you living in New York at the time? I was not. No. So I, uh, 
Okay. I visited New York, but not during the attacks. They had already cleaned up most of the rubble by the time I got here. See, when you started this segment with uh, the the only reason to go back in time to New York to 2012 would be to revisit the Avengers invasion, my brain immediately jumped to, no, I have to go back and stop myself from marrying my ex-wife. <laughs> Another famous catchphrase of yours, James. Yeah. <laughs> what do I need to do in 2012? Probably turn in a paper that I'm procrastinating. Um, yeah. No, uh, I moved to New York in 2014. So um, all the Midtown had already been rebuilt, everything to that. Um, Daredevil was getting ready to, you know, do his thing more. The uh, Department of Damage Control uh, had Damage been control. established and, and rolled out to take Vulture's job away. Yeah. Um, but you know what was not yet in New York? Rogers the Musical. So we go on. There's a scene where in uh, Hawkeye we are introduced to Kate Bishop now. She's a great archer. She takes down a clock tower. Just kind of a scene to show us that she's good with a bow and arrow after she tells her mom what do you need i need a bow and arrow that's great also also that tower uh was named for obadiah stain <laughs> who's that the villain of the first iron man uh, the jeff first bridges. iron man movie the first mcu movie that is jeff bridges amazing that that's yeah. also what gets taken down which also like nobody knew that he was the iron monger <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I guess Obadiah stands for New York. Well, yeah, it, I, I would Maybe. assume that her she's like in upstate New York at some college of some sort, and then she's like coming back into the city. When she comes back into the city and they show like the exterior of New York, I was just like, yeah, okay, this is very fiction. There is never that small amount of people walking around New York. Even, yeah. I was just like, this has to be during lockdown and or everyone else is snapped away. But, sorry, getting back to the prize of this episode, Rogers the Musical. Um, Nick, I'll get us tickets to this. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready as Hawkeye, anyway. Um, I'm just disappointed given that they had Disney money. <laughs> and given Disney's history of Broadway productions with like the Lion King, like the Hulk's a guy in a green hoodie. I, I mean, I don't know if M Marvel in yeah, MCU, I mean, that, like, I don't know if they have Disney money. I think it's all on their own. I mean, is that how they handle Hamilton? Is, is Ben Franklin just a guy in a hoodie? <laughs> no, he's got like a. A really nice costume, but it's like tailored. This is my point. Uh, see, but like we don't know if Rogers the Musical is making Hamilton money yet. Okay, all I can say is I can do this all day. The song, it's just like it, it got me at a very vulnerable time. I had just watched Tick Tick Boom maybe about a week and a half ago, and have had that musical soundtrack stuck in my head and on repeat. So I'm open to having musicals stuck in my head now. So then Rogers the Musical comes in. I can do this all day. I can do this all day. Oh, 
Also, I recommend rewatching the scene with subtitles on so you can accurately see the lyrics. And it is. <laughs> I smell a Tony. What did y'all think of Rogers the Musical? You smell Tony Stark. <laughs> And he's been dead for a couple years, so oh, it's pretty ripe. Woof. Yeah, uh, don't care for musicals. I was with uh, Hawkeye. <laughs> That's your catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, I don't care for musicals. Yeah, uh, I also appreciated the fact that Ant Man was around. Yeah, you, you know who wasn't there? That guy. But thanks to Endgame. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that because he played such a pivotal role when they were writing Rogers the Musical, they were like, no, guys, we have to capitalize on Ant-Man as well. So, boom, putting Ant-Man in Rogers the Musical. I mean, he literally time-traveled to the time. He was there. Right, but no one saw him. <laughs> but I, okay, so are you saying that this is a, oh, my God, you're going to blow my mind. This takes place in a branch reality. Branch reality after, where someone saw Ant-Man there. The the one who remains died. There was a branch off where Scott Lang got distracted. You, you remember that shot in Endgame when uh, Cap is like, what are we going to do? How are we going to get the Tesseract back? And Tony's like, I know where it is. You have to trust me. We're going to go somewhere. And then they time travel to the 70s and just leave Paul Rudd holding the Loki staff in New York. So the the presumption is that he went back to the current timeline and had the rest of the movie. But like, maybe he stashed the staff somewhere and went off and had an adventure and just had a little, got some Chitauri punching in. Yeah. And in, in the movie where we meet Professor Hulk and they're at the diner, like he's like, "Hey, I'm Ant Man." They're like, "Fuck off!" So like now he's famous enough to where like we gotta throw him in the music. We have to. He must be included. I like this. This is a, this is a theory I can get behind. Uh, I think I saw an interview with uh, Kevin Feige. Yes. That. Outside of like the advertisements that's seen in scenes here and there throughout the first two episodes, I'm very interested to see if we have Rogers the Musical come back because he, I don't know if he's just teasing it because he knows it's trending, but he says he doesn't know if he's done with it or not. I mean, so, Disney really should have had the, the the cast perform that song at the Macy's Day Parade. That would have been brilliant. That would have honestly been. Uh, only issue is, and I, the reason I know this is because uh, one of the people that I shot with she's playing the lead on the uh, first I think it's US Broadway tour of Pretty Woman and Adam Pascal is playing Jean um, what is his name Richard Gere's character she's playing Julia Roberts um, shout out Olivia Valley uh, hope you're doing great well um, but yeah I don't think uh, Adam Pascal can be here in the Macy's Day Parade he's touring being Richard Gere is he Rogers? Not the character, the actor. The actor. Yeah, he's the, he, when we open to Rogers, he's the main one singing at first. Which is like, I, I wasn't, I think Becky was looking, outside of him, I wasn't able to tell if there was more Broadway people. Um, Tick, Tick, Boom might have taken them all. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, the, the saliva song? <laughs> the saliva song? What saliva song? Click, click, boom. 
I'm gonna clip of that song. <laughs> Should we move on to the fanciest fuck party? Kate Bishop goes home, realizes her mom is now shacked up with Jack of Swords. I call him Jack of Swords. He just it's Jack. That's a good nickname. Thank you. Thank you. Almost as good as Swordsman. <laughs> oh, see. Here I am, just not knowing the comics, not knowing that this motherfucker is probably a villain. I just think he's a piece of shit, but I guess we might... Uh, for, for people who can't see, uh, James and Nick are giving me indications like, oh, someone's getting in a little warmer. Look at that. Well, um, this is actually... You're actually maybe on the wrong track. Oh. oh. Could be a red herring. Could be yeah, a red herring. Be, this is true. Because uh, Swordsman in the book is the person who trained Hawkeye. Interesting. So he's a villain and also a helper to Hawkeye. So it's, it's 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 one of those uh they they've taken the name they're doing something else with it interested interested to see what that ends up being interesting um well at the fanciest fuck dinner party that they attend we're introduced to Armand Duquesne the third yeah which who uh has fought uh, Ace Ventura before so immediately I was like he's the bad guy <laughs> after Armand we get a brief moment of meeting Armand the seventh, the little boy. But then Kate kind of eavesdrops and sees Armand and her mom having some weird tiff. And I'm thinking the mom's the bad guy, whatever that conversation is. I'm, I, I still don't fully trust the mom yet. So like in the mom, I don't know what that was being very like, what the hell's going on? Kate continues to investigate and stumbles in the basement across the black market auction where we're introduced to the Ronin suit and the Ronin sword. Big action sequence happens. Kate throws on the Ronin suit. Jack steals the Ronin sword. And then a dog comes out of nowhere. And did we ever find out what happened to the Avenger watch? Because obviously the guy sees it. One of the henchmen seizes it, sees it in the duffel bag. The dog coming out of nowhere attacks him. Kate then chases the pizza dog away from the auction. But whatever happened to that watch? Was that mentioned at all? I assume he pocketed it. Me too. Okay. And seeing as the dog didn't arrest him, I, I think he's okay. Pizza dog doesn't arrest people. <laughs> as someone who's just watching Cowboy Bebop, I'm like, this dog's coming out of nowhere. People want to chase this dog. This is a data yeah. dog right here. Yeah. Also, I, I hate the rich. And so the, the I was like, man, this party sucks. And then I'm like, these guys, they just... They're just, they're down to their luck. They're, they're just trying to just scratch scratch a living out of here. And then one of the rich has to fight back. And they just could have been <laughs> in and out. These very kind henchmen could have, you know, just smash and grab job. So just the fact that you call them henchmen right now, it tells me you're looking down at them. <laughs> so uh, I love that you are uh, picking up on like, eat the rich mentality from <laughs> this scene. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier refreshing myself on the source material and found uh, not a, a one-for-one -one scene like that, but a scene at a fancy party with a bunch of rich folk and also supervillains, <laughs> like in their masks and, and whatnot. Uh, and Clint says uh, something about how it's it's wild that all these rich people and scumbags are hanging out together and kate replies there's kind of a global recession on right now only people that make money in a recession are scumbags so like 
it's part of the text. It's, it's right there. <laughs> yeah. It's fair. Um, after Kate takes Pizza Dog back to her apartment, which, oh my God, don't just get the dog some food that isn't pizza. That poor. Uh, and, I'm, and what am I gonna call? Pizza just regular dog. dog? Pizza dog. Pizza dog. I'm fine with calling it Pizza Dog, but then like if he's not if he's not in pizza, we get called Pizza Dog. Come pizza. on, John. This is why you call your dog Tofu. We don't feed him tofu. <laughs> he is not a cannibal. This is, I think, at the end of the day, mostly Kate's problem because whatever that pizza comes out on the other end as, it's probably not going to be great to, to clean up. And it's probably not going to hurt the dog that much. It'll be fine. Poor dog. But she's going to need a mop or something. Peter's going to be fucking pissed at this episode. Sorry to take it there. <laughs> um afterwards she goes back to armand's uh apartment or i guess penthouse or whatever apartment discovers that armand has his own butterscotch which it's it's just i assume when you have an absorbent amount of money you decide hey i'm just gonna have some treats for guests when they come and it's gonna have my name on it but the second big thing she discovers is Armand's dead and stabbed on the floor. And she books it out of there, gets into a little fight with the tracksuit mafia, to which then we have our very Hallmark Christmas type movie ending, not really, but it's just very cliche ending of Hawkeye, revealing the mask to see that it's Kate, a young kid in his eyes, and then the episode ends. But, like, I feel like they didn't really care. Like, this is a two-part pilot. That's why they released both of them. Like, the episode ending in episode one, like, I never thought that that was how it would end. Felt more like a, an act break than yeah. an actual end of an episode. That's it. This is where uh, intermission, if we're keeping on the subject of musicals, this is where intermission happens. Which I hope we won't. Oh, we're going into episode two hide and seek so we pick up right where we left off with the your hawkeye hawkeye and kate meeting and they head to her apartment where hawkeye is introduced to pizza dog kate wastes no time into getting hawkeye asking hawkeye for an autograph everything to that the dynamic is already set where this is her idol this is her hero and this is his pain of the ass of the day um if I can just real quick yeah. point out, I love that her apartment is just the upstairs dining room of this pizzeria to the point that there are salt and pepper shakers on the like bolted to the floor table that is in the foreground of a couple of the shots. Uh, I, I just, it's not enough that she's in a shitty apartment. She doesn't live in an apartment. It's very New York. That, that apartment there yeah. probably still, uh, I can afford to live there. Just location. You you started, you you reminded me, we didn't talk enough about uh, Clint specifically. One, I don't remember how he lost his hearing. Well, it's all that's referenced in this episode. Yeah, there's a a montage in episode two. Yeah, well, I mean, they get the gist, but I don't don't remember there being like a, usually in a a big budget type of thing there's a, like one single moment where the guy's like oh fuck my ear and they, they fucking well he so i didn't i didn't remember that, that specifically and come back because i think i have it 
yeah, I have that here in like two seconds. Just all right. Well, that was that was to we didn't talk about Hawkeye and his family. I I, I liked all the kid actors, especially the the oldest girl. Mm-hmm. But like, did he just get his family back? Why why is the mom not included? Like, well, I was gonna get to that what, on the what, I'll be home for Christmas exit. You're you're like two <laughs> seconds ahead. Can we answer all these questions and like? This was all in episode one, John. Why no, it is wasn't. it? All he of was this... in the musical. The in episode music- one? So the musical just shows that he's out in New York with his kids. The mom is back at home. And they answer the phone, and she's like, hey, you're, thank God you're having Christmas without me. Yeah, because so it's, you, you've it's, lived, she's working. Because you've lived five years without me. She doesn't look like she's working. Does she live in a farm? I don't think these are the answers that we have, Nick. <laughs> these are the unanswered questions after episode one. All we know is that he has hearing loss. In episode two, Kate asks what happened, and it is a series, like James says, is a montage of a lot of explosions of him getting hit over and over again in the same side. And also just, like, uh, loud noises and explosions and shit uh, over time can very easily fuck up your ears. Well, sure, but this, this franchise isn't about realism when it comes to what happens to a person's body, generally. However, uh, the comic series that it is a loose adaptation of is very much about the fact that Hawkeye gets bruised up and broken a lot more than his Avengers compatriots mm-hmm. because he's just a dude with a bow and arrow. Uh, like, a lot of bits in the comic I remember of him either limping around or, or being wrapped up in bandages and waiting for his nose to set because it's constantly broken because he's always falling off a building or, or being hit by some very much larger people. Yeah, he is constantly wrapped in bandages in there. Well, before all that, at Kate's apartment, Hawkeye and Kate are attacked. <laughs> Because I'll get to us talking about Hawkeye because there's literally some scenes with it that where they really want us to analyze. But Nick wanted to jump to that and skip over Hawkeye catching a Molotov cocktail mid-throw and throwing it back. That, that's the best part of this whole show. Simple. But you just wanted to, you wanted to run past it. You wanted you, to go talk we, about Hawkeye's we feelings. Ran past his family. No, bro. His family, I have it right here in the breakdown, okay? We're going to well, talk it's about way, his family. You're too far. It, I'm, just go, right I'm going by how they gave it to us. Right after the going musical by how they is gave when it they gave us. it to us. No, they gave us They gave us that he didn't want to be there with his musical, how famous. He's got his three kids there. But there, everything was cool. Right, they why are the like, kids there? Why is the mom not there? They weren't worried about it. stuff right after the musical. They weren't worried about it. It was like, okay, great. It was like, this This breakdown is broken. No, bro. No, bro. I think you think the family's broken, but they're not. They can go on vacation and the mom stay behind. Maybe she had some stuff to do. Maybe the farm needed some things to do. Maybe she was like, Maybe they fuck this. Told us. I don't want to go flying. Maybe they should have told us. It was five years for Clint. Yeah. It was instant for her. So yeah. she needs so, like, a break. Maybe she was like <laughs> planning on taking some time for also, herself. Also, it's been some time. Like, how long has it been already? Theoretically. Oh, I don't know how long from... Two, three years? I think it's immediately after. There's that no way said, it's immediately after because it's Rogers the musical. We have all like it. That is a minimum year and a half. Yeah, it does take yeah. more than a year uh, to make one of those musicals. Although everyone was wearing like hoodies and vests and shit that you could buy at a Target, so I don't know how long it That's took to true. put together. They, they cobbled together. Yeah. 
that being said, I, I, I think it's about two years after Endgame. Yeah, bro, you, you want him to be stuck on his wife's ass for two years? Like, I get that he misses her, but he's like, great, you're back. It's, it's, it's time. I can take a vacation and the kids without you if we have to. She's got her own internal life, her own stuff going on. She's got a pile of books to read. If Becky snapped away and you spent five years killing people because of the rage you felt for her, how many Christmases are you going to want to spend away from her? He's not spending Christmas away from her. This is literally the week before. And He's it planning puts on, me... on returning in time for Christmas. Yep. We do get the I'll be home for Christmas storyline activated. With the kids. You want to talk about the kids? There's the kids right there. You know, he puts the oldest in charge, quote, the oldest son in charge, but then he has a little aside with the daughter, who is the same one that we've seen him teaching how to shoot a bow and arrow back in the Endgame Infinity Wars. But Why isn't this show better? She's just living her life, bro. Maybe she doesn't <laughs> want it to be about her. You know, maybe... Still in high school? Didn't you learn with Atreides in Dune that... If you, even if you don't assume the leadership, you would have already completed, you know, the best thing, which is whatever, whatever that speech was that was great about being a, a child and a father. And so all you're that suggesting jazz. she's not very good at the bow and arrow. Look, man, maybe she just doesn't want, maybe the bow and arrow isn't for her. Maybe she wants to play the saxophone. Honestly, she got snapped away while practicing archery, so it's possible that that's, like, a trigger for her and doesn't want to associate <laughs> yeah. with the thing that she was doing when she dematerialized. Yes, this is true. Point. But there, there it is. We have it there. And she says, you better keep your word. So we know the stakes are high now. A yeah, little right. girl's outlook and respect for her father is on the line with this James series. is an excellent script supervisor, by the way. If <laughs> he's handling all of this like a pro, taking it as it comes. <laughs> so, do, do we do we talk about the family? Is it? Yeah, it's about time we get to the Molotov cocktail, John. Jesus. It's about time we get to the Molotov cocktail. No, bro. No. Tired of your tirades. Ugh. You know what? I appreciate that there was a beat when they went back to her apartment where Hawkeye asked her, like, while you were wearing the suit, where did you go? Did you go anywhere that they could have followed you? And she's like, oh, no, just home to drop off the dog. And immediately we hear a crash as something comes through the window. We're like, oh, shit, you fucking idiot. Eight and while watching bishop. it, I remember watching her walk in with the... Uh, uh, the pizza and, and the dog and thinking like, you probably should have taken that costume off somewhere else. This seems like a bad idea. This is, this is some rookie mistakes. And it paid it off. It's good. That's it. The Molotov cocktail comes through the window. I love, I love the, the catching the Molotov cocktail and I love the rapport of the Texas mafia together. Be like, Oh man, you're on fire. Dude. You're on fire. You're okay. Like that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. All that's great. Kate takes Hawkeye and him to her aunt's apartment and her aunt's away, and Kate says, she's in Florida for the winter. And I got to say, that's such a very accurate New York rich person thing. <laughs> there is many people I know or know whose aunt is away for the winter in Florida. Let him finish. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just listening. I'm just... 
Dick, do you did you recognize the name of uh, Kate's aunt? I did not, sir. What is the name? Uh, Moira Brandon, uh, whose name was also on a movie poster inside the apartment. I saw the movie poster. In the comics, she is a wealthy old lady that donates her mansion in on the West Coast to the Avengers so as to establish a headquarters for the West Coast Avengers, a team which Hawkeye is a member of. Interesting. Okay. So... Could just be an Easter egg. Could mean five years from now we'll be watching West Coast Avengers. I don't know. See, this is why you watch Marvel MCU with a variety of comic book people. You get the nuggets and the Easter eggs. Yeah, also, she broke into the apartment and she didn't mention anything but an aunt or mother, so that might all have been a lie anyway. Ooh, it's possible. It is very possible. When Hawkeye leaves Kate there, he returns to try to get the Ronin suit, which has been stolen by a LARP player. He discovers on one of the fire vans, NYC LARP, L-A-R-P. What is LARP? I only know it because I saw the movie Role Models, but it stands for live action role play. He investigates it, and I'm assuming he goes to Central Park because that's what it looks like. And... He sees the ninja. He wants to walk up and talk, but they're not going to let him. I I really wish in that LARPing scene there had been a moment where we see Clint give side-eye to someone LARPing as a wizard, knowing that, like, he knows some wizards. Yeah. yeah like, maybe he he thinks he runs into Doctor Strange. Um. <laughs> someone with a, a red cape with a... a Big uh, collar to it. <laughs> no, I would have loved Wong to be there actually LARPing, but as something else, not a wizard. Like, he himself knows all this, but he's just into it. And, like, they lock eyes for a second and then just continue on their way. Yeah, this, this whole phase, we just get Wong walking into other people's stuff. Yes. You're going to be the Stan Lee, the new Stan Lee of different movies now. The cameo. Um. This whole, the slow motion sequence to him confronting Grills to then trial by combat to get, and I love that it's like, please, I'm begging you, kill me. All this to what, in my opinion, I love the payoff at the end with them, him getting the suit and them talking, where you could tell he had a good time. And if, if I'm looking into my crystal ball or reading the tea leaves, I get a feeling that this series is going to end with him returning for one more go with the live-action role players somehow. Am I alone on that? If he survives. Oh, so dark. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Should we be worried? No, no, it's nothing. I'll be home for Christmas. I promise. While this is happening, well, I guess he gets a lead and kind of wants to know what to do next. He discusses it with, and we're going back to talking about the family, he discusses it with Laura, his wife, Nick. And you know a little detail that might help? She's like, okay, what are you going to do next? Great. You're going to get captured by them and then figure it out. Nat would do that. So what I love about it is she's in the know with everything. She un- She's not giving him shit like, can't this wait? Come home for Christmas. She understands like what his responsibility is to the world, who he is. She knows the man she married. 
and has three kids with. It's it's very. It's not her perspective. I have a problem with. It's Clint's. He's probably dealing with some stuff too. He clearly wants to be there, and wants to keep the traditions, but also knows like this is a part of his past that needs to get destroyed. This is right, but he wouldn't. This wouldn't be part of his past, and he's get destroyed if he wasn't in New York, away from his his wife in the first place. We don't know why. Maybe the wife. Okay. They got tickets to – he probably has to be there for the Rogers the Musical. He probably has to make an appearance. She has to work. Take the kids. I'm going to take the kids. It's a great way to spend time. And he's also been in New York, as we know. So he's wanting to show him around, show him the big Christmas tree. Why isn't she there? You're going to have to say this, save this for uh, – what, what do we call it? The nitpicky, uh... nitpicky fanboy <laughs> bullshit. Yes. Yeah. Because I think this falls right into it, man. Yeah, also, we'll, this may be a thing that will be revealed in a future episode. We're re- this is true. We don't. We only have two episodes. We're recording this on Tuesday. The next episode comes out tomorrow. So by the, by the time you're hearing this, it's possible that you know an answer that we don't. Yeah, and it's going to yeah. open up with a scene with her saving a bunch of children at yeah, the she's hospital, and she's like, "This is why I can go." And you're going to feel bad. I'm not going to feel bad. Just. Um, when Hawkeye, Hawkeye gets caught, Kate follows his phone because Bishop Security, they are able, she does some illegal stuff. She should not have that app on her she phone. She should not have that app on their phone. Lucius Fox in a different universe would be very upset. The tracksuit mafia, I, I love, once again, their interactions. And it's like, hey, like, we kidnapped Bro. you. What are you talking about? You're trying to be like, we did this. And when they kidnap him, guys, I can see through the bag. Like... That was funny. Uh, I, I loved his analogy of supervisor and shift manager. You're the shift manager. Like, come on. Yeah, that's accurate. And we're introduced to a character who is in a room with a bunch of subwoofers. And the way her hand is going, I can only assume she's feeling the vibrations from it. And the way that the when the henchman comes, that he's over-enunciating, she's re- it seems to be that he's trying to make sure she can read his lips. So that lets me know that she could be deaf, but very kind of cut from the same cloth as sticks. Daredevil. Just stick. Just stick. And also, for that matter, right now, Clint is also uh, hearing impaired. Yeah. So So we got a... Very possibly some degree of... uh, camaraderie to be found between them i think the last thing uh, we saw that he communicated a sign was i love you very much that his son signed that to him um it'd be very nice if that's the only phrase he knows and says that right back to i i hope he knows more sign language i I hope he does too it would probably be very very beneficial um one thing also is in the conversation with clint and laura talking about how he wants to get all get this all done before Christmas. We lay down a timeline. We're five days away from Christmas. She lets it down. Is that how many episodes are left? No, there's four episodes left now. So, but the last episode is literally like three days before Christmas. So we'll see. Um, episodes one and two out of six. Hawkeye. What is y'all's tofu rating? Tofu rating out of five. Episodes out of six. Yep. 
The tofu ratings out of five. The episodes we watch is two of six. Six tofus, I guess. <laughs> Actually, uh, James, you can cut this together. Other podcasts and critics use stars to rate what they've just watched. Here at John's Mostly Movie Podcast, we use the star of our show, My Dog Tofu, as our rating. So, from a scale of... He's been pretty quiet this episode. Zero to five tofus. For, we'll, come, we'll put this as, like James said, it's like a two-episode pilot, act one, act two. You know, we're going to stick to musicals, Nick's favorite. What did y'all's rating come out to? Oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> Uh, first off, we, we glossed over her detective work of, oh shit, he's got one of those butterscotches. Oh, yes, he he must be I the guy. Which, like, he's literally a relative who's, who, who, even if he weren't, he's acquainted with this gentleman who quite possibly had some of his own candy on his person. Like, there are him. many different. There are many different ways he could have gotten candy uh, with this dude's name on it. I'm, I'm just a little lost they're here. being so the guy that we should stabbed let him. Get, we should let him get robbed at the black market auction, but now we should give them the benefit of the doubt because, you know, the circumstantial evidence is super circumstantial. He, when we're going about specific murder, you need evidence. When it's the general murder of the blue-collar everyman that he's bleeding every day to get richer. I, I already know that that's what he does. <laughs> but when it's one individual person, I have to know he did it. And you can't know he killed his relative who makes his own candy by having a piece of that candy. That's that's not the lead you think it is. All right. Between him sneaking off from the auction with the retractable sword and also the candy... And I believe uh, Jack is in line to inherit great wealth from that Armand. Was was that uh, a thing I believe so. mentioned in the episode? There's something. Uh, so like, I feel like if they're putting all of this in the two part premiere, I was reading that as. Also, don't forget he's just a dick. I was reading that as I'm about to get money from this marriage, not from your death. Mm. But he's wealthy in his own because even she, like you're this, you're that, you could be too. Well, much. I mean, if if you if you're familiar with anything Agatha Christie, a rich guy who you don't know whether or not they are still rich is oftentimes the victim or the the murderer. So like during the auction uh, when he placed a bid, uh, Armand did say, "You don't have that money. You don't have that money." And his response was, "I will soon." That was to me when I get married to mm-hmm. Vera Farmiga, not I could potentially inherit that from a dead person. That is very possibly the correct answer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick, what's what's your tofu rating then for the episode? Uh, it is it is pretty par Ooh. for me. Okay. So uh, uh, a lot of cool parts, but a lot of I don't know. A lot of stuff that I can nitpick about. So, um, as of only two episodes in, uh, three three tofus, but it, it has potential depending on where where it goes to 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 gain some tofus and possibly a pizza dog. I tofu did not like that you threw pizza dog in with him. Just well, good. Uh, I agree with you. 
I too am going to do three tofus. It's right there where it can earn more. I don't know about subtract. I don't foresee that, but who knows. But yeah, we could go much. Yeah. James, what's your tofu rating? Uh, I'd give it a, a solid four. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm excited to see where it goes. Gotta have more pizza dog in my life. Um, overall positive. I'm excited to see the next four episodes. Me as well. Cool. cool. Well, we got the next episode coming out tomorrow, December 1st, when most people will be listening to Christmas music, joining us who've already started the festivities here at John's Mostly Movie Podcast. I wouldn't say most. If you have any thoughts, theories on the first two episodes you want to share with us, send us an email at emails at johnsmostlymoviepodcast.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Keep watching Hawkeye every Wednesday on Disney+, Plus at least for the next four weeks. After that, well, I can't promise anything. Yeah. Oh. The the the, the Traxic Mafia boss. Her name's Echo. In the comics, oh, yes, sorry. Yeah, she's in the comics. She's a badass martial artist, and she's got a, a handprint on her face. So when we just see her hand, that's a nod to that little deal. And she's she's the one wearing the Ronan costume when I was reading the comics. So she's she is oftentimes a good guy to Clint and Hawkeye. Okay. And, so, and also has like Taskmaster superpowers where she has a photographic memory for martial arts stuff and can pick up fighting styles by watching someone do something. It, so When Matt Murdock was in jail for being Daredevil, he got Echo to pretend to be Daredevil out in the real world so other people would think that Daredevil is out there fighting crime while Matt Murdock was in jail for being Daredevil. James, I really think you should keep this all for the end and let it be like an aside that Nick puts in. I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do minimal editing. And this <laughs> should be a lesson to all of you. Listen to the end. There you go. Bye. Bye, everyone. Nick, say bye. Happy holidays. There we go. All right. Go give your don't go give your dog pizza. Don't do it. You you shouldn't. You should not. Your dog wants pizza. Yeah. Tick tick boom. I don't know what you guys are talking about.